listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sterling Chapman, as always, and today we are joined by Joe Mendoza. Joe is a top real estate pro and real estate coach that's joining us from sunny California. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Sterling, thanks for having me. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into real estate, and, and what you're doing these days? Sure. So, I've been in real estate and in business for almost 30 years. I started with real estate with my broker license 1998. And so I've seen a couple upswings and downswings. And as a realtor in San Diego, at one point, I sold 113 homes who made 1.1 million GCI. And I started to play a different game of building a brokerage after I built my team. And now I actually start coaching people throughout the nation and several countries to do exactly what I did on building a massive real estate business. Awesome. So do you focus more on just real estate sales or do you also invest in real estate? No, that's a great story. So I did start investing as I started making a lot more money in real estate. And in 2001, I pulled out 113000 on a line of equity, a line of credit from one of my properties. And then I started doing all of the above. So I parlayed it into multifamily, some fix and flips, some buy and hold, some speculative sales on construction. And I actually turned it into over a million dollars in less than two years. So that was kind of like my learning or my adventures in real estate investing. And it just took off from there. Yeah. California is the only place that you can turn a hundred thousand dollars into a million in two years, especially <laughs> in the early 2000s. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> what did you learn from that experience? Which style of investing was your favorite? And when you say it took off, what portion of it took off? I mean, do you still do all of the above? Are you, are you still out there flipping houses or do you prefer multifamily? Or what, I love that question, Sterling. Thanks so much for bringing it up because I didn't share the bad part. Which, 2008? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's exactly correct. So, you know, I accumulated this mass portfolio. And then, yeah, 2008, the bubble burst. And so what did I learn? I learned two things. Number one was don't just stick to single family. Do not, do not stick to single family. And number two, don't just use your own money because there's some major limitations on using your own money. Because when I built that portfolio, most of it was mine. It was towards the end that I started getting into syndication, condo conversions, land development, but it was a bit too late. And luckily, I was at that point where I saw the writing on the wall and I started just giving people their money back and said, hey, you know what? I got to shut this thing down because this is getting ugly. I don't want to be caught in a bad situation, nor do I don't want to lose your money. So what I did was I started getting people their money back and I had to regroup. I hope you don't mind, but I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into what happened in 2008, only because we don't have that many guests that went through it. Most of our guests started investing like in 2012 or after, and it's all sunshine and rainbows and everybody's a genius in a bull market. And we've had a 12 year bull market. So like nobody's, nobody's really been through that hardship and people, a lot of times non-real estate investors and people that aren't interested in becoming real estate investors 
kind of balk at what we're doing and say, well, what about all the people that lost all their money in 2008? So can you kind of elaborate on the specific types of struggles that that type of economic event caused and specifically where the pain points were and then what you do differently today to make sure that should that happen again, which sounds like in most economic forecasters say it's pretty much inevitable at some point or another, it'll repeat itself. How are you better hedged against that, you know, going through the same kind of pains you went through back then? Sure, sure. Well, I would recommend anybody who's out there who never really knew what that market was, or number one, maybe you've watched the big short. That movie pretty much nailed it, okay? And so what was happening for me personally was I was getting into a lot of property as far as acquisition and investments myself, you know, riding off of appreciation because the market just kept going and going and going. And it was really driving up the prices of homes. Now, with my clients, unfortunately, some lenders were using these ninja loans, no income, no asset, no job. Hey, you got a loan. <laughs> you know, They were basing it off of FICO scores. As long as you had a 700 FICO score, you could pretty much buy anything. And so the lenders too started getting very, very lenient on leveraging the, their money and lending it out. And so some of those specifics were people got in trouble where they were buying homes that they shouldn't have because they couldn't afford it. Personally, for me, I was actually putting 10 to 20% down. What was my downfall was I wasn't paying attention to cash flow. So I was banking on appreciation. I bought lots of property. Uh, I bought one in downtown. Before it even went up, I, I saw the writing on the wall. I put like uh, 10 or 20% down deposit and I waited two years for this high rise to go up. It was on the 31st floor overlooking the San Diego Bay. I bought it for 450. I sold it for 650. The moment I got my keys, I threw it on the market. Weeks later, I made 200,000. And that was one of many. Now, like I said, Sterling, the part I really didn't pay attention to was cash flow. So nobody really taught me the analytics of like, hey, what is your gross potential rent minus your expenses minus the vacancy factor? Okay, what is your cap rate? Okay, and I didn't look at debt service coverage ratios. I didn't look on cash on cash returns. I was just like mainly a speculator where I was just betting on the market to go up and it did. It, It went up several times on several properties that I had and I scored. I'll, I'll, I'll hold it for not even a month and flip it. One of them I held for like a, a two-year burr. So it was kind of a longer burr, but I pulled mm-hmm. out the money. I made over 350000 You know, So there was a lot of properties there that I did a lot of speculation, not knowing the actual analytics on, on cash flow. Absolutely. And that's the story we kind of hear over and over again is the, the lack of focus on cash flow. You mentioned you decided to focus more on the multifamily space and not on the single family space. And somehow in my head, I'm connecting that comment to my personal experience of not being able to find 
single family houses that are in really fast appreciating areas that cash flow very well. So I focus primarily on cash flow because I learned from wise individuals like yourself that went, went through that. But mine probably aren't really going to appreciate a whole lot because of the areas they're in. And I'm just, you know, I think of areas in California where, you know, you have $650,000 house that rents for $2,000 and like, are you able to stay in the single family space and really chase that aggressive appreciation and have it cash flowing at the same time? Or is that kind of what forced your hand towards the multifamily side? Yeah. If you do find a deal here, typically in California, it's usually going to be for a flip. So the equity portion where you're looking to build up equity pretty fast is still there. So, I mean, this hunt is still on. I mean, I have some people on my team doing some cold calls, doing some door knocking, doing some letters, and I, I'm not completely out of the single family. So if there's an equity play there where I could, you know, do a value add and buy it for 30% below market or something like that, or I could buy it on terms where there's somebody that's just wants to get rid of their property and I could do like a lease option or subject to, then that opportunity is still there. Is it my main focus? Not really. I'd rather think long-term and play the long game right now, especially this time in my career and my life. Absolutely. So what type of stuff you mentioned earlier in the show, or maybe before we started that you were a real estate coach. So what type of stuff are you coaching your students with these days? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So a lot of the times what I'm coaching them on is I I wrote this small thing down. I'm not sure if people are watching on YouTube or on video, but Robert Kiyosaki put this together, right? The cash flow quadrant. And a lot of the times people don't quite understand this. Okay. When I ask them, okay, what's your favorite book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. Tell me what the cash flow quadrant is. Then they get dumbfounded. Then I bring it back and I just say, hey guys, you got to really look at this, okay? And then I, I tell them, okay, what's E, what's S? Okay, that's employee, self-employed. And what is the commonality with E and S? And still kind of dumbfounded, I go, well, they're trading time for dollars. Okay, there's only 24 hours in a day. And so what I teach realtors is like, okay, even if they have a team or a business, quite frankly, most of them are operating as a self-employed where they're not moving into this quadrant, the BI quadrant. And I tell them that like, hey, we got to wrap our mind around B and I, because what's the commonality here? And I tell them if they don't figure it out or know, I say it's called leverage. Okay. Just like in real estate, you want to leverage your assets to create more money. And in business, you want to leverage other people, other agents to grow your team or bring you more deals. Fix and flippers the same. A lot of fix and flippers operate as self-employed and they never wrap their hand around like, hey, we got to build a team and leverage. And that's what I teach them because a lot of them, I was coaching somebody earlier who's a 30-year veteran realtor. She's on her last chapter of real estate and she goes, Joe, I only got about three more years. I go, well, tell you what, the good news is you're an incredible saleswoman. Something that we need to work on is making an incredible businesswoman. And that kind of like her eyes just like opened up and you could see that her energy was like, yeah, this coach gets it. I'm like, yeah. 
So something I see a lot in all of the real estate investing forums is people get so seduced by real estate investing and passive income and, and being a business owner and all this glamour. But ultimately what they end up doing is leaving their day job for this job. You know, people go out and wholesale, like that's a lot of work. You're, you're cold calling a lot of people, you're getting rejected. Like that sucks to on the day to day, you know, where people go to be a real estate agent and nothing does. I mean, that's a great profession, but you're still working or they'll go and start like, you know, do property management. And I'm like, well, you're, you're still, you're working. You're, you just traded one job for another or the house. Like you said, the house flipper who does it themselves, that's not really investing. Investing is one thing the way when you do it passively and then building a business when you're creating something that can operate without you. That's and correct. So definitely see that all day, every day. And I've it's so funny because I see people give up higher paying jobs that require less time to go into these real estate related jobs just so they can be by the industry, but they're working twice as hard, making half as much. It's like, well, are you really even better off than you were over there? You know, you could have been passively investing in an apartment syndication, stayed at your day job where you were making 200 grand a year, you know? Yeah. People go in blindly, you know, whether it be the fix and flip game, the investment game, or being a realtor, and they really don't understand the cash flow quadrant. So any listeners out there, I invite you to read that book and also the cash flow quadrant book, the other book that Robert wrote. I'm going to ask you because obviously you have. So I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and it absolutely changed my life. And then I went and bought cash flow quadrant and it's been sitting on my shelf for three years because I just assumed that it was pretty much all the same stuff that was in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Am I wrong? Have I done myself a disservice? Do I need to go read that book as well? They go deeper. They go deeper, you know, in more of the specifics. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad also talks a lot about investing. As a matter of fact, that was the one book that really forced me to pull out that money out of my property and really set me sailing on uh, investing. So I would just say the other book goes more into the in-depth of the different quadrants. Awesome. So do you have anything else you want to teach our listeners today? Yeah. You know, I would share to your listeners like, hey, any game that you play, whether it's going to be the fix and flip, the multifamily, being a realtor, this is one thing that I notice is lacking with a lot of people out there is they don't understand the funnel. Okay. The funnel simply, whether you're going after multifamily, whether you're being a realtor, whether you're being a fix and flipper, is you got to prospect a lot, okay? And if this funnel is smaller on the prospecting, well, you'll never get paid, okay? So you're going to prospect to get leads. These leads are going to turn into appointments. These appointments will hopefully turn into contracts. These contracts will turn into escrows. Finally, you'll get paid. And so the way you want to look at it, if there's any baseball fans out there either, okay, you're at the home plate. You're taking swings at the bat. Okay, once in a while, you're going to strike out. Once in a while, you're going to foul tip. Okay, but finally, you'll get some leads. So that's first base. Okay, and now when those you meet with these leads and you follow up, follow up, follow up, they're going to turn into appointments. Well, that's second base. Okay, when you get to the... Second base, well, now you got to turn it into a conversion contract. Well, that's third base. Well, guess what's next? Fourth base, because not all contracts turn into escrows. 
or under agreements. And then finally, you get the home rent and you get paid. So kind of have this chart in front of you. I mean, it's so basic, but people forget that, hey, the bigger the top of the funnel, the bigger the yeah. bottom of the funnel. It's so a numbers that- game. I'm a, a sales manager in my day job and have been for years. So I, we share the same message over and over again. Right out of college, I worked for an insurance company and we had a 10-3-1 ratio for every person you call, like three of them are going to meet with you and one of them is going to buy. And if you don't like the number of people that are buying from you, then increase the 10 number, you know? But it's the same with, I'm sure, in real estate sales as it is in making offers on off-market deals, on any type of or raising money from investors, finding money from investors, any type of close. I see in your, and to answer your question, probably more people are going to listen to this than, than watch it on video. But I see in your virtual background there, you have two books that you wrote. One is Flex with a Plex, and the other one is Make It a Comeback. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those books? Sure. I'm glad you brought it up, Sterling. So you were asking me about a little more about the specifics in 2008. Well, I go into my personal story to some extent and make it a comeback because, yeah, I was knocked down pretty bad. Uh, I shared like some different things that helped me get out of it. And so if anybody in the audience is struggling, I would recommend you pick up that book. Now, it's a short, easy read, just like Flex with a Plex, but make it a comeback is more on mindset. And then Flex with a Plex is talking about like how you do house hacks. Or then after you do a house tax, get into a multifamily. So I, I talk about from two perspectives, from being an agent and also an investor. So I shared some of my personal story on some of my properties that I acquired as well in the other book. Awesome. So what would you do different if you had to start it all over again? Be absolutely fearless. Because when I was younger, I thought I had to be older. Now that I'm older, I wish I were younger. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean, when, when just be absolutely fearless. So whatever's in your head, just know, I mean, people say that's false evidence appearing real, right? It really is false. You know, if whatever your mind can conceive and believe it will achieve. So whether you say these affirmations, these mantras, you think they're corny, they actually work. So write them down. A lot of the I am's, I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a great money magnet. I am an investor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Awesome. So outside of owning your brokerage and your coaching program, what does your primary investing atmosphere look like today? You know, I'm a little more diversified and I am willing to take the risk. So right now I do have money in stock, believe it or not. And some people say that's gambling. Well, my my thought on that, it's not gambling if you understand what you're doing, okay? <laughs> because some people think that it's gambling. No, it's not. I mean, if you understand what you're doing, it's not gambling, okay? Sure. So I have money there. I also do have money in passive investments here and there for other uh, syndications, what have you. And I do have a handful of single family still. Awesome. 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 So real quick, I want to hop over to our radio round to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. We just asked three quick questions. First one is what's your favorite book? My favorite book would have to be Think and Grow Rich. 
I heard you quote Think and Grow Rich a few minutes ago with the whatever your mind can conceive. And it's a good one. It's a good yep. one. People give it a hard time, especially outside of the like, you know, self-development world and you know, people that are trying to achieve more. But almost every successful person I know sings its praises. So I'm going to listen to to them more than the the kid in the back of the class saying school sucks, you know. <laughs> um, what's your favorite quote? Probably that one. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve. Awesome. Very aligned. I like it. And Joe, what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Hang out with my kids, you know, do the family stuff. Uh, I love snowboarding. Awesome. I love exercising, playing golf and snowboarding. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Tons of uh, fun stuff to do on the West Coast. Yes, sir. How can our listeners get in touch with you, find out more about you, sign up for your coaching program, learn how sure. to be a rock star real estate broker? Absolutely. So my coaching website is coachjoemendoza.com. Uh, you can find out more information there. And if they wanted like free tips, because I give away a lot of free tips because over the years I've come up some with a lot of different hacks, go to joemendoza.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at RentRollRadio.com or sterling at CrestworthCapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.